This is one of our newest show sponsors. This is a business that was started by Chief Dave Robertson. And really what it all came down to is he knows that getting a fire job or getting promoted for the first time is incredibly hard. It's always a long process. It can be frustrating and it's, it's really incredibly challenging. What's even more challenging is that when you know that you always wanted to be a firefighter and that you would make a great firefighter or even more so being a great officer or chief and you just feel like no one will look at your resume or nobody will even give you a chance or take you serious for that promotion. So Chief Dave works really closely with you know creating just a team of two, the two of y'all. He's all about giving you the commitment that's unmatched towards achieving your, your career goals and exactly what you want to do. He will mentor and coach you to help you become the kind of candidate that these fire departments are all looking for and they can't miss. Chief Dave from Fire Edge, he comes with 25 years of fire service experience. Guys, go listen to the episode that I had him on the show. He talks all about it. He's been there and done that and actually earned his stripes in this business. On the business side, he's got thousands of hours of coaching and training, leading, consulting, recruiting, building hiring processes you know you name it and he's done it chief dave just talking to him he's all about the one-on-one connection he's all about customer service and he really genuinely does care about the fire service as a whole and the next generation of guys that we're bringing into this business for a 30-year career that all leads to having a strong passion with what you're doing and who you're working with that's the 100 percent commitment that chief dave has given to me Uh, with the third alarm cowboys and what he's given to every single one of you out there across this nation and in canada that are wanting to get involved in the fire service and are wanting to make that next step truly it doesn't matter if you are just a recruit that's aspiring to get a fire career job or you're a company officer that's wanting to become a chief or a chief officer that's wanting to move any high even higher what you got to do is figure out your why and find your passion that makes you truly love this job And that's what Chief Dave Robertson is doing with Fire Edge. So, guys, give him a chance. Go look him up. Give him a phone call. He's putting his personal number out there for the Third Alarm Cowboys podcast listeners to give him a call and get your fire career either started and going or moving in the direction in which you want to do. So give Dave a call at 519-384-3072. And that's Fire Edge Career coaching training and consulting y'all go give him a chance go get to know him he's a great guy go listen to the podcast episode that i had him on that's chief dave robertson i'm gonna also take a second to tell y'all about one of our show sponsors that's norse fire equipment out of north dakota whenever i first started talking about having sponsors for the show i really wanted it to be genuine businesses that are firefighter owned and operated and people that have good business ethics and have a good mission. Matt Vercota reached out to me from Norse Fire Equipment. He and I have spoken and and talked back and forth a little bit, got to know each other, and he seems to have fit that criteria. He's a full-time firefighter and founded this company in 2020 to provide a good place for firefighters to be able to get equipment that they needed to be able to do their job and have it at a good price and just good quality equipment instead of some of these places that want to sell you real cheap crap for Y'all go over to NorseFireEquipment.com, coupon code COWBOY5. That'll get you 5% off on your online orders. All right, guys, on with the show. Hey, guys, I'm going to take a second and tell you all about First Line Fire Service Training. It's a badass page on Facebook. I encourage every single one of you to go and follow them. Dennis is a retired fire chief. He's been a huge supporter of our show for since the very beginning. He's believed in Third Alarm Cowboys and our mission of making firefighters better. Dennis also has the same mission of being able to train firefighters, make them better. He's using all of his years of experience of 20 plus years plus his military background to offer training ideas. He travels all around the country, speaking at different conferences, trying to help guys get better when it comes to their tactical ability, when it comes to their physical ability, and everything in between. He's really pushing things to the limits, especially for an older guy that's retired. He's still getting up every single day putting his gear on, going out in the driveway, doing crazy-ass workouts that most of us couldn't even handle. He's still getting out there, getting it done. He also does a weekly training video on First Line 
fire service training, offering up when every type of uh, tactical and operational skills that he's learned throughout his career through working from other people. One thing that's really impressive to me about Dennis is that he owns the fact that most of the things that he has learned and sharing are things that he learned from other people and he's just passing that on. That's something that he and I have in common. He's taking all the information he took from his career and sharing it on to the next generation to make the next generation solid and better firefighters. That's a great mentality to have. He's the kind of guy that people should be listening to when it comes to learning about what to do in the fire service with their career, with their tactics, and with their operations. So y'all go check them out on Facebook, First Line Fire Service Training, LLC. Send Dennis a message that you heard about his business from our show. If you're putting on any kind of training conference, Dennis is the guy that you need to contact. Get him in the door and let him share his knowledge to make the people in your area that are attending the conference better. And just know that... I support his business and he supports mine. And that's the kind of people that we need in the fire service to make us all better and stronger. Dispatch to all units. This is a third alarm. Switch to the TAC channel. This is the Third Alarm Cowboys podcast. This is the podcast for firefighters. We talk about real-life situations, stuff in your station like leadership and promotions, and stuff in your personal life like finances, relationships. You name it, we talk about it. Some things may be a little controversial, but that's real life, and that's what we're going to talk about on this show. Guys, it's been a hell of a damn week. Uh, A lot of you commented and liked, shared, and all that shit on my Facebook post that I had the flu. I'm here to tell you all. I'm never sick, so it's been literally since 2019 since I've been sick and had fever and shit, and I'm here to tell y'all I was the biggest bitch that there ever was. Um, it's taken me about a week and a half to really get my voice back. As some of you can probably tell, I'm still a little bit stuffy, still coughing up shit that's nasty and whatever. So, yeah, I'm a bitch when it comes to, uh, to being a flu, but, hey, I had to tough it out at work because when you're – New on the job, you don't have any time to take off, so my crew took care of me and let me, you know, kind of hide out and isolate myself so that they hopefully didn't get sick, and I can't promise that they didn't because some of them sounded like they were getting a little stuffy and shitty themselves by the time the shift was over with, so that's where I've been. I've been missing y'all. I've had a lot of ideas spinning through my head throughout this time, but really being able to get on here on the mic and try to talk to y'all in what little capacity without coughing all over everybody would have been just fucking miserable, so I've had to uh, wait till my voice came back until I could actually half-ass breathe again. So uh, that's really what's been going on with me. Had some really great conversations with people this week. I've had several of the listeners send me some ideas of stuff that they wanted to know my opinion on. I've had some great conversations with some personal friends about different things going on at this department and that department um, locally and and around the Houston area. Um, And just really... What I'm seeing, and even after talking to uh, to Chief Dave on the last episode, what I'm seeing from fire departments all across the nation is a huge amount of guys that are coming into this business due to major staffing shortages, growth, development, progression, all the different fancy fucking words. But bottom line, what it all comes down to is we're hiring a shitload of people right now, and I'm seeing a... A pretty definite line in the sand on the caliber of people that we're hiring. Um, on this episode, I'm going to talk about something that one of our listeners actually sent me and, and said he wanted to know my opinion on this. It was a, a thing that kind of went viral amongst several of the Facebook firefighter groups out there with the big names and shit, and people were sharing it and all that. And he sent it to me and was like, hey, uh, you know, can you talk about this on the episode? And I said, absolutely, because it's something that I truly want to talk about anyway. Uh, This is a conversation that my crew at work and I recently had. It's a conversation that I have with my friends constantly. It's something that I know chief officers and stuff are talking about uh, with this massive need for hiring and everything that just everything that's going on right now. So I'm going to just go ahead and jump right into it on 
the hiring of people that we have and the standards that must be set from the day one fucking guy all the way up through the head fire chief at the very top. So the post that was going viral all over the shit and everybody I could see was sharing it from firefighters all over the place was something to the capacity of basically um, anyone that's issued issued bunker gear should have to complete some sort of um, yearly or biannually um, fitness and standard performance uh, standards assessment, meaning they need to do a pat a couple times a fucking year. Whatever the department pat is, for the day one guy, if you are a chief that has issued bunker gear, then you must complete that same pat. Now, the time adjustments or whatever, that's that's all up to debate. So since it was asked to me, this is exactly what I'm going to say, and this is exactly how I feel. I believe wholeheartedly that the fire service as a whole is becoming major, major, major... Um, corporatized by the American corporations mentality on how we need to act, how we need to dress, what we need to do, how we need to talk, how we need to present ourselves, professionalism, rules and regulations, SOGs, and all those different kind of things. I believe that um, corporate America has a very, very, very heavy influence on what we're doing at a majority of the departments out there. I will say that I think in a lot of aspects that is a good thing in today's fire service. And where I'm going to go with that is going to get pretty in-depth. But as far as the post with the standards, I absolutely 100% agree that if you have been issued bunker gear and your job in any capacity could cause you to put on that bunker gear and have to perform uh, in an operational a tactful or tactical manner, then yes, you should have to 100% have to perform the same physical uh, requirements and standards that even the day one guy has to do, or not even day one guy, just to get hired on the place. Um, now, I'm logical and realistic enough to know that a 18-year-old fresh out of high school football that's completing a pre-employment physical agility test has a stronger ability to outperform a 60-year-old chief officer that's been sitting behind a desk and doing paperwork for the last five years. I completely understand that. However, should that 18-year-old become on, you know, an online personnel and ride on that apparatus and... This chief has to respond due to, you know, calling multiple alarm fire, mayday conditions, whatever the fuck it is. Y'all know exactly where I'm getting with this. If that guy's got to respond, he also has to have the ability to perform writ operations because more than likely if a chief is putting on gear, then it's a really bad fucking day. Uh, that's just a reality to it. If, if a chief is having a to put on especially a head fire chief or an administrative chief is having to put on bunker gear then you're more than likely looking at a mayday type situation and this is a um a writ type situation or an irit type situation uh due to staffing if that happens to be it whatever but either way if they have to have the responsibility able uh, the responsibility in which they have to put on that gear and go inside a structure fire then yes they need to have some sort of uh, physical conditioning to be able to still perform the job. Now, we all understand that the PAT test was designed uh, to essentially be a, a standardized assessment to kind of sort of mock up um, the jobs and tasks that someone might perform on a fire ground. Now, I have multiple opinions about a lot of fucking PAT tests out there. I think that the runs and all of the different agility sections and tasks that have been added throughout the years uh, give give some advantages to people that may not necessarily be needed on for fire ground operations. Meaning, uh, there's some of these departments that have like a mile and a half run as their pat test 
uh, before the firefighter actually performs the true the true physical agility in which they're wearing gear and performing the different tasks like pulling hose and all that shit. My personal, personal, personal opinion, I don't think running has anything to do with that. I believe that there is a difference in um, the mechanisms of the muscle and the ability to perform on a fire ground is vastly different than someone that can run around a track. Uh, that just comes from experience. That comes from uh, working on a farm, ranch, top shit my whole life, coming from an oil field background. Uh, there is a massive difference between cardiovascular running abilities and working fucking abilities. Because I know a lot of some bitches that could run and run and run marathons, but you put a sledgehammer in their hand and they can't swing a sledgehammer for two or three minutes without being fucking winded because it's different. It's just absolutely fucking different. And I view the fire service as a blue collar job. Every aspect of on scene fire ground operations, uh, you're doing work. Whether it's pulling heavy ass hose, whether it's swinging a sledgehammer, swinging an axe, whether it's toting saws, whether it's throwing ladders. All that stuff is what I like to call work muscles. They're not cardiovascular marathon running muscles. Now, does there is there a need for some sort of um, cardiovascular conditioning? Yes, there absolutely is. However, uh, someone that is very proficient at running long distances in a fast amount of time, it's if you look at their body structure, they're going to be different than someone that can pick up heavy shit repeatedly over and over and over and over and over again uh, without it wearing them out. It's just different. It's completely different sports. Uh, I love what um, Michael Jordan, when he transitioned from basketball to baseball, um, what his Tim Grover was his trainer, had been his trainer for years in basketball. And he told him, he's like, we are going to basically have to rewrite your entire body. Baseball is a completely different sport. Yes, you are a phenomenal athlete. However, the muscles, the structure, all of the things your body needs to perform in baseball is completely fucking different than basketball. It just is. So they had to basically re-sculpt Michael Jordan's body going to baseball. Now, when he came back to basketball, that was one of the main things that hindered him Immediately returning to basketball was his cardiovascular level was not where it needed to be for a basketball body. It's just fucking different, guys. Everything you do is different. And so this massive standardization that we've gotten in the fire service where everything needs to be the same and cookie cutter and all this, it's just fucking different. The muscles that you need on a fire ground to pick up five inch, to drag two and a half, to do all those different things to rescue a fucking victim, which is ultimately what you truly should be there for, is saving lives. A dead-weighted person that's unconscious or unable to help you is heavy as shit. They're just heavy. So you can run all the marathons that you want to run. However, if you don't have that brute strength physical aspect to you you're not going to be able to do the job to the same degree as someone that has those what i like to call work muscles it's just different like it or not i know a million different fucking people will argue that shit and i'm not getting way off in the weeds on the the physical shit of firefighting however i will say all day long that it's just different the muscle composition needed the muscle endurance shit that's needed as opposed to someone that completely focuses in on cardiovascular endurance it's just different so i think a lot of these pat tests that focus solely on someone that can run is not necessarily getting the top level of candidate uh that they could necessarily need to do the actual fire ground jobs so there's a lot of different pat tests that are out there i think all in all every department should have some form of fashion of a pat test i do think that and i think that anyone that's issued fucking bunker gear should have to complete that pat test yearly or whatever the the other guys are having to do if it's a couple times a year if it's every quarter if it's whatever if you're issued bunker gear at an agency you should also have to do the same shit as the firefighters that's just bottom line. Now, if you are that 60-year-old guy, do I understand if your time requirement may be adjusted a little bit? You may get an extra minute or two. I don't think you should just get a blank slate 
to say, oh, well, he's achieving, he's been doing it forever, so, yeah, we're going to give him a pass. I don't think that's the case. Uh, and that's coming from a big guy. That's coming from a guy that's that's been overweight for a large percentage of the last couple of years. I will own that and I will say that. However, when it comes to the actual fire ground operations and shit, that's something that I excel at is the brute strength ability to have those work muscles just because that's what I've been raised my entire life doing. Now, you put me in a, a fucking marathon, I'm not built like a marathon runner. So it just it goes back to that same old shit where there's – I can promise you there's a million fucking marathon runners out there. I put them out here in the hay field, and they're not going to be able to throw fucking hay all day long. It's just different. People are different. Needs are different. And the fire service has different needs than what a lot of these PAT tests have put out and a lot of this standardization that's come down from um, the major corporate mindset of a lot of these fire departments. It, that's just that's how I feel, and that's just a reality to it. Hose is heavy. Victims are heavy. Tools are fucking heavy. You got to have the strength to back it up. That's just bottom line. So that's how I feel whenever it comes to the pat test stuff and the questions that I was asked. Yes, absolutely. If you've been given gear, you need to be able to still perform a pat test yearly or whatever's required with all the regular guys. You need to fucking be doing the same shit. Uh, now, moving on to the fact that we're hiring lots of people. People are coming into the fire service and where we need to uh, stand with all these new folks coming in. I truly believe that if you want to have a successful and healthy fire department, then the fire department itself, I've said this all along, needs to have a team mindset. Well, any true team that's out there wants to win. Uh, you know, our, our Astros just lost out against the Texas Rangers, and everybody's devastated behind it, and that's just it's just how it goes sometimes. But you look at every true team the overall mission of the entire season, whatever sport it is, but their season, they want to fucking win. Well, that goes along in the fire service to me as if you have a team and you want to win, what winning means to me is that you're a high-performing crew. You're a high-performing department, meaning operationally, your standards for those operations are winning. That is the standard. You want to win, meaning you want to be fucking good. It's not all about trying to come in and um, make this person happy or that person happy on all the little tickle me Elmo bullshit that we're having to kind of deal with with some crews that are out there. I understand that everybody thinks that they have the, the newest, latest, greatest idea for shit. And that's great. There's a shitload of stuff out there, information people putting out when it comes to different fucking hose loads. And this tool is better than that tool. And this nozzle is better than that nozzle. And all these different things. And as far as I can tell, there's a lot of guys that are out there that are just wanting to try out new things and see what works better and hope that that maybe progresses their actual performance. And then there's a lot of people that are out there that are just doing those things to create fucking division or it's because they can't perform the with the already being used items. So I'm going to pick on it because it's a, it's a sore subject for me. It's something I've dealt with in my career. Several of the departments that I worked at, it was just beating a dead fucking horse. And it's why y'all will hear me not really talk about it much on this show. But I'm going to for this episode. Fucking hose loads. Okay? I have been at a department where we literally, every fucking time there was a new damn hose load that came out on YouTube... Somebody in the department had to fucking go and change this into that, and then the whole damn department puts it up for fucking discussion, and we spend months and months and months of being out in the damn parking lot every fucking shift pulling fucking crosslays because this person thinks that this will work, and this person thinks that that will work, and all this shit. And bottom line, I'm sitting here saying, okay, well, here's my beef with this shit. First of all, at that particular department, I'm going to use it as an example because it was such a fucking issue and so it was an annoyance to me, to be perfectly fucking honest. 
when that department went full time, the the original officers got together and collaborated on our knowledge and our experience from all different walks of life. Every single one of us was from a different department. Every single one of us had experienced different areas of of operation throughout Texas, whether it was work in rural, whether it was work in in Houston, whether it was working uh, further south towards San Antonio. I mean, we had one guy that was from the Austin area. We had officers from all over the place, all different walks of life, and we came together and looked at the district in which we fucking worked in and decided what the hose load should be because the fire chief, his rule with it was when the captains decided on what the hoses need to be, the trucks needed to match. So all of our apparatus in the fleet, the hose loads needed to match. And we said, okay, that's we understand. That way, if firefighter or whatever is working at this station today and then he's got to go to the next station tomorrow because of staffing issues, literally the truck, he can step off this truck, step on that one, and everything's the fucking same. It was to minimize confusion because of the mass hiring and the staffing shortage that was going on. And so you had a lot of fucking new guys. You just had a lot of new guys all the time. You had new drivers all the time. People were getting promoted. People were leaving. People were going here. People were going there. So it would create a lot of confusion if the trucks didn't match. So I understood the uniformity of the trucks. I did. However, the main issue with that was is we were a two-station department in uh, on the east side of Houston. Now, the thing with it was is the two stations, their actual districts were vastly different. Uh, one station was very heavily populated with uh, shotgun shack style homes, single story residential wood frame, uh, and a lot of trailer houses that were literally all stacked on top of each other. Very dense population, a lot of bullshit in the yard, broke down cars, very short driveways. So your hose loads needed to be able to uh, easily deploy amongst a lot of shit and clutter. Okay, that was the reality to that. Now, the other district had a lot of large apartment complexes and a lot of large residential structures. It was more of a high end. Um, side of the community, to be quite frank. Like the homes there, million dollar homes, the homes in the other stations district were old 1950s wood frame houses that were a lot dilapidated or a lot of remodels happened and all that. They were just fucking different. But the chief wanted the trucks to match. So we got together and we spent a lot of fucking time trying to figure out what hose loads and what we could apply to make the matching trucks be efficient operationally efficient in both districts well we got it we got it figured out a lot of the uh apparatus had you know kind of dual so like if we had one cross lay that was laid out this way the other cross lay was laid out the other way so that in this district you could easily deploy this one as your first out or in the other district you deployed this other one as your first it was just it was simple shit and it worked, and it was efficient, and we had a very strong operational ability because that was our standard, and then our standard on top of that is performing as a crew was kicking ass and taking fucking names. We wanted a good reputation of putting fucking fires out, being heavily aggressive, and so we chose shit that worked. We chose shit that was... That gave us the ability to deploy quickly, to get in there, get a a good knock on the fucking fire, and do our job and look fucking good. That's, That's what we did. That was what we chose. Now... Fast forward into a couple of years at that being in that place. Now, a lot of hands had changed. Some of the officers had changed. To be quite frank, I was the last of the original fucking officers. I was the last one to to make it, <laughs> if you will. Uh, everyone else just couldn't take a lot of the toxicity anymore, and they went on to better, bigger and better things, whatever. So now we have a new regime of officers, and I find myself sitting in these same conversations, except for now we're dealing with this officer that saw this bullshit on YouTube, and this officer that saw this bullshit on YouTube, and this officer went to this fucking class, and they were teaching this stuff, and he think it'd be great, so we bring it back. Well, now we're changing up shit without even consulting. We come on, and we put this fucking hose load on. Because I saw it and I thought it was cool and it worked great in this training that I went to. So we're going to change it. Well, what does that do? Now you have crews that are coming in and the hose loads are changed. Shit's different than what it's always been. Well, now you're immediately setting the next team up to fail. You're setting the next 
team up, which what I you know team, but it'd be shift. They're coming in and their shit has been moved. So imagine if you're playing on a fucking um, baseball team, and when you left, your three bases were where they were supposed to be, and now you came back, and now you got a base out in, in right field, a, a base right behind the pitcher's mound, and then the other base is also out in right field. And so your entire field that you walk in at 6 in the morning has completely fucking changed, and now you're set up to completely fail because now it's a new game that you're playing. So you've lost your your standard as a crew of winning. You've lost your ability to be door-kicking down badass motherfuckers because they changed the game on you while you were gone. All because someone thought that this was a great idea. And and really, that's, that's kind of where I get a little... You know, every time that I look on Facebook, there's all these trainings. There's trainings and trainings and trainings, and I think that's great. I think that everyone, including myself, is trying to put our own spin on shit, okay? that's There's a lot of guys that are out there trying to get their word out, get their ideas out to make the fire service better, and I think that's a great thing. I'm, I'm guilty of that myself. That's exactly what I'm doing with this show. However, you also have to take into account if you are attending these type of trainings or you are involved with these type of trainings and you come back home to your department, you need to take into account, does this actually work in my district? Does this actually work with the staffing that I have? Does this continue to give my team the standard of winning that we've been wanting. Is it going to give us a better ability to win or is it setting us back? Because if it's setting back, then that's not cool. And no matter how cool it fucking was at that training that you went to, it's not cool where you actually work and the team that you're truly part of every single day and the community that you're part of every single day. Because just because things are cool out there or they look cool on your phone, or they look cool on YouTube, there might have been a lot of thought that already went into what the way things are set up and the, the, the standards that are already in place at your department. If you're one of these new guys that's coming in, you need to understand that I'm the biggest fucking advocate against the guys that say, well, we've always done it this way, it's been like this forever. That shit drives me fucking insane. However... You have to listen to what's coming out of their mouth at the same time to understand if there's any validity. That's where you got to turn on your, your thinking cap and open your fucking ears and hear if this person is full of shit or not. If they're saying we treat people a certain way because that's the way we've always done it, well, that might be something that you need to fucking look into and listen to because it may be complete and total bullshit. However, if it comes down to things that are tactically and operationally a standard, with that truck that you ride on, there's probably a reason why it's that way. There's probably a reason why it's been that way forever. Perhaps it works good for that district and those that came before you already learned those lessons the hard way or have already put the reps in and the time in to figure out what fucking works. Yes, there's a million new ideas on YouTube that might not have been around 20 fucking years ago. However... They're ideas. They don't have to absolutely be put into play with where you work or what you have going on. That was our issue. Every fucking time a, a new super Tommy gun twisting, um, self-rolling out and fucking hose thing came out, we're out there in the parking lot trying the shit out. And nine times out of ten, it didn't deploy properly. Guys didn't know how to fucking pull it. It just did the shit was complicated and didn't work. So we would revert back to the original hose loads that worked for the district. And I'm sitting here like, you know, I hate to be this guy, but there's a lot of other fucking shit that I could be doing with this crew and teaching this crew rather than sitting in the parking lot pulling crosslays over and over again just to make a check mark happen with some battalion chief's new idea or some other captain's new idea. Well, I got fucking ideas of shit that actually, you know, I think matters to my crew, to my fucking district. And so I guess I, what I'm encouraging everybody to do is just because it's the newest, latest, greatest super McTwist shit, if it really hinders or gives the 
the chance to hinder what your standard is already of being a winning team, then it's something that you need to pump the brakes on and think a little deeper before you just go changing shit. And that also goes with your actual standard of mindset. You know, that's something that I've talked with some close friends about recently is the mindset of the fire service. I came in with with the, the understanding of my goal being like the old guys that I was brought up around literally my entire life that had door kicking down badass mindsets that were all about interior fire. Every fire was an interior fire. Until it got so hot and conditions got so shitty, you had to pull out till you could get it, get a good grab, a grip on it, and then you go back in again. That was the mindset in which I was brought up into this entire career. And if you listen to a lot of the guys out there that have been doing this in places that actually burned, they have that confidence and they will say that stuff because that's just how it is. That's the reality. Now, in recent years, we've heard all these different fucking terminologies coming out from the gurus nationwide that are writing the textbooks that say we need to do this before we make entry. We need to do that before we make entry. Uh, You need to calculate the survivability of this fire and this, that, and the other. And like one of the conversations I recently had with a chief, I showed him a picture on my phone, flat fucking ass. And I showed him the picture on my phone. I said, in your professional opinion, If you're looking at this, because the picture came from the dash cam on my battalion chief's car. He was running command. He backed up, had the windshield, you know, running command. And uh, so I I was able to get that picture off of the computer. And I said, is this a go or no go? And he straight up told me, no, that's defensive all day long. And I said, well, you see that hose right there? You see that crew right there? He said, yeah. I said, I'm already in there with my firefighter. That's my backup line coming in. I've already been in this. And he's like, oh, shit, okay. And I said, this is the reality. The interior conditions of this were as clear as this fucking room that we're sitting in right now. And he was like, no shit. I said, yeah. Uh, You know, it was 100%. The whole fucking roof of this house is on fire. But it was 100% attic fire at that point. I thought it was a two-story house. Truly, I did. When I pulled up with the pitch of the roof, very, very, very steep roof, I thought it was a two-story house. So I'm inside looking for a stairwell to go upstairs because I think it's it's on the roof. Or at least if it is the roof burning, it was so tall, I thought maybe someone had converted an attic into a living space. That's what it looked like. No, it wasn't. It was complete attic space, and it was just burning its fucking ass off. So we ended up finding a scuttle hole and you know, knocked it out pretty fucking quick once we figured out exactly interior what we were dealing with. However, the entire living area of that home was crystal fucking clear. So for someone to make a judgment call from a windshield saying, no, that's defensive, that was something I, I was like, okay, there's a lot of people that are running around out here putting this information out about looking at a structure outside looking in and they don't even know what the interior conditions are. Guys, the reality to this job is, and I've said this repeatedly, you can go back and listen to my reality of the job episode. It is your fucking job to go inside. The mindset of, of being a firefighter, if you're a new guy coming in or you're, you know, you're a new guy going into a new department, the mindset of this job has been and will always be kick the fucking door in, go in there and save fucking lives and put the fire out. That is this job. No matter what shit you twist around in textbooks and classes and, and all the shit that's happening right now that I'm seeing and the line that's being drawn in the sand. The reality to it is the true operation of this job is saving lives and saving property. That is what it comes down to. And you're not God. You're not. You don't know where somebody could be folded up into a little fucking corner of a closet somewhere with the door fucking shut and could be fucking in there. Everything around them down the hallway could be on fire and it can look like shit and they're in there scared to fucking death waiting on you to come. So that's your job. It's your fucking job to go in there and get them. And if that causes you injury or that causes you death, you need to understand that is what the fuck you're signing up to do. If that's a consequence that you're not willing to accept, then this is not the job for you. 
That is wholeheartedly what we're fucking looking at. With the staffing crisis that we have nationwide, that concept is being rewritten by so many because they need to hire people to fill the demand. And I understand that. There's a massive demand. We we are hurting as a fire service. Staffing shortages are insane. Mandatory overtime rates are insane. Guys are getting burnt the fuck out because they're having to work to get these fucking seats filled. But the bottom line is, is we have to still hold that standard of being a winning team. And the winning team has the mindset of kicking doors down, going in there, saving lives, and saving property. That has to be, without a doubt, that has to be the fucking standard. And no matter how many people that we hire, we have to hold that fucking standard till till the last day that the fire service is in existence in this, this country. We just have to fucking do it. The taxpayers are out there. They're relying on us. The taxpayers are out there literally paying for us to do that. It's the same as like us, me as an American. We're paying our federal fucking taxes to, for, to fund the DOD. So whenever we need shit to fucking go get blown up and bad fucking people to get killed... We expect people like the Navy SEALs and Delta and the Army Rangers and all the different military agencies and, and of every level to go over there and kill those people, to go overseas and fucking deploy and protect everything that needs to be protected at the home front from all the different aspects. Now, I know every, every single one of you is thinking exactly what I'm thinking about a lot of the shit we've done worldwide over the last 60 years might not have been what we needed to be doing as Americans. However... That's a different conversation that uh, I will probably have on this show, to be perfectly frank with everything that I'm seeing happening in the world right now. It's my show, so I can give my opinion. However, it is the military personnel's job to go and fight those fucking wars if it's needed to keep us safe. Those men and women accept that responsibility and go and do it for pennies on the dollar to what some of us firefighters have been making. They do that. They accept that inherent risk of going and not seeing their family. Some of them, for if they're Army and they deploy, some of them doing fucking 14, 18-month fucking deployments, guys. And we're working a 48-hour shift. Those guys are putting it in. They're accepting that responsibility and that risk. So we have to as well. We're the same taxpayers. It's the same taxpayers paying for the same service with the same understanding that when they dial 911, we're willing to come over here to die and take care of them. That's our service. If it requires us to die or get hurt to save them or their family members, that is the service that they are paying for. They're not paying for the fancy fucking trucks to ride around and blow the horn and look cool. They're that they're we do that, but that's not what the fuck they're paying for. They're paying for those 911s to be answered at all costs, no matter what, no matter the weather, no matter what you got going on at the station, no matter what fucking drama is going on at the station, no matter what you got going on in your personal life, they're paying for you to be there to come when they dial 911. That's the standard. That's their mindset, the community's mindset of us. So we have to have the same mindset that established this career and has kept this career as being one of the most honored and respected careers ever in the United States of being those that have that mindset and that standard to do what needs to be done to protect the citizens at all costs when that 911 comes out. That's it. You can put whatever else you want on it, whatever kind of fucking spins you want on on YouTube and textbooks and certifications and this class and that class and, and everything else, everybody out there that has any kind of platform can put whatever kind of fucking spin that they want on it. But if that is not their bottom line foundation of what they're trying to do for today's fire service, then they don't have the right mindset. They're not in it for the for winning. They're not in it to uphold the standard of what we fucking do. That's it. So guys, that's really what's been on my mind this week, and I, I know it's a little bit short of a show, but I, I feel like I kind of get my point across. I don't uh, 
I don't think I need to elaborate too much more. I just really want guys to start looking at the information that they're being given. Whether it's coming from me or not, you can dig into what the fuck I've got to say. Uh, the reality to it is, is there's so much information that's being put out fire service-wide for this and that and tactics and operations and all this other stuff. But what it has, you just, you have to understand and what you have to start uh, thinking before you start trying to implement some of these things at, at your home departments is, does it work for my district? Does it work for my team? Does it hinder or change the standard in which we've been wanting to operate or in which we've strived or already been operating at? If you are working in a department that has a badass fucking fire dog door kicking down mentality and standard that they demand from their day one guys all the way up through their chief ranks, then that's what the standard is and it doesn't need to be deviated. It doesn't need to be changed up with this hose load and that hose load and and, and we need to start doing it this way. And I mean, you just, you're, you're fucking with the team, guys. You're fucking with the team. You know, you look at, I love referencing sports because I learned so much in life from sports. But you look at these major sporting teams that were fucking dynasties. And it was the team, and they had their routine. Okay, I'm going to say like the, the Chicago Bulls. Everybody knows who that is. You had Pippen. You had Jordan. You had Rodman. And, and these guys had their routine and their standard. And, you know, Jordan didn't give a fuck if you came in and were a day one guy coming to the Bulls because you wanted to come be a winner. He did not join you. You joined him. You came onto that team. You had to perform with that team and how they did it. You didn't come in there and say, oh, well, you know, I don't like that the goal is set here uh, and so, you know, in 10 feet off the ground, I think because I saw on YouTube and how they play basketball over in fucking wherever, so I think the, the goal should actually be at, at half court. Jordan would have told you to get fucked, bro. Go find somewhere else. So don't think that you can come in just because you see a cool idea or whatever. Don't come in and try to, to, try to change the winning team. Don't come in and try to fuck up the standards on the winning team. If it's a winning team, you should be you should want to be a part of that. And whatever the mechanisms and whatever the tools and the strategies or, or operations or whatever it is that that winning team has already been performing to stay winning and to have a strong badass mindset, then you need to be part of that. Don't try to change it. Don't try to critique it to make it easier on yourself. Just fucking own the shit. Embrace the suck. Whatever you got to do. If, if they perform harder than anything that you've ever experienced before because you're coming from a crew that may be a bunch of slugs and so you, you want to go over there to this crew or this station that's kicking ass and taking names and has a badass reputation and a lot of pride, if you want to be part of that, then go in there and be hungry and go and get that. Don't think that you can just go over there and try to fuck it all up. Don't think you can go over there and automatically be part of it. Go over there and earn the shit. That's okay. Go earn the shit. Doesn't matter how old you are. I'm fucking 33 years old and I'm having to earn the shit. I'm starting all over going in and trying to earn the reputation of being part of a badass station and a a station that has a, a lot of history of being door-kicking down firemen. I'm wanting to become part of that. So I'm doing what I can do to become part of that. I'm not going over and saying, well, you know, I was this and I was that, and y'all need to... No, I can't do that, guys. They'll laugh me out the fucking room. And I'm older than half the guys that are stationed at that fucking station. Sometimes you just have to... To go in and understand that there's a standard, and you you are not the you're not the exempt uh, the exception to that standard. Go in there and be part of it. It's okay. Go want to be part of a winning team. If you're at one of these departments that has shit for standards, that has just that they're all caught up in doing a bunch of shit that doesn't make sense to you, go somewhere that has what you want. Go somewhere and push yourself and. Become part of what your dream for this job was. It's still out there. 
I'm telling y'all, of all the people that I talk to all over this fucking great country of firefighters, it is still out there. That standard is still alive and well of being door kicking down fucking firemen. It's out there all over the place. It's a lot more than what you think. So don't get overshadowed by all this other crazy stuff. Just like what I said earlier, be aware of it. Listen to it. See if it's full. If the people that are talking on the shit are full of shit. Just open your eyes, open your ears, pay attention, and you'll find out if if these people are full of shit or if they're just constantly bouncing from the next cool thing to the next cool thing to the next cool thing to the next Tommy Gun, Super McTwist, whatever the fuck, so that they can try to keep shit churned up so that no one ever actually sees their true performance. Because it's easy to say, oh, well, we're learning all this. It's all new. So if it's all new, ever nobody's that great at it. So the performance is never truly there because it's always changing, always changing, always changing. You're like trying to jump on a fucking moving truck. You don't do it very good because shit's always changing. So think about that stuff and really pay attention. If you're going to all these trains, I think that's great. I really do. I did that whenever I was younger. I was ate the fuck up with it, guys. I went to fucking trainings every weekend, went to all this stuff. I was ate up with it. But one thing that I I was taught by my fire chief at that time, because he was very good to us, very, very good to us. He he said, I will send y'all to all these trainings and pay for it. But I want y'all to understand everything y'all are going to learn won't work here. It's great information to have. It's tools to put in your toolbox, but it may not work here. So that's what you all need to understand. Just because it's cool and it works at training or it works for this district at this department in this fucking state doesn't mean that it'll work where you work. It doesn't mean it'll work with the crew that you work with. There is obviously already reasons why the things that are being done at your department are being done. So ask, you know, like I wish when I worked at that department that that conversation had taken place where the new officers coming in with the new ideas would have said, Hey, when y'all were originally designing these trucks, why did y'all choose these hose loads? And I would have happily have said, well, because in this district, these type of hose loads, this hose load deploys great in these type of conditions that hose load deploys great in that type of condition you could do it with one person it doesn't take more than one person to do it so one firefighter can be pulling that fucking line and get it stretched to the door while i'm doing my 360 i meet him at the door and it's quick and efficient and we're there versus having this load that's a split load and it takes one person putting this shit on their shoulder and the person behind them putting that shit on their shoulder all the shit just to get it to the front door yeah, it looks great and it's cool and it's all this shit, but at the at the end of the day, it doesn't deploy good with the staffing that we have and the conditions that we have. And they could have said, oh shit, okay. Well, yeah, I didn't realize that. So have those conversations. Open your mouth up and ask, why are things done this way here? Why do y'all like doing this as a crew? And they could give you a good If they can't give you a good answer then maybe that's a deeper conversation that y'all need to have. But if they give you a good answer and say, because we tried out a lot of shit and this is what worked best in this district with these conditions and our staffing and blah, 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 they give you all their reasons, then understand it and just say, okay, and get fucking great at that. Keep the other hose loads in the back of your mind for when you work somewhere else that has a different district area and shit looks different, different conditions, whatever. But understand that that is your job now is to un- to be a very high, high performer with a badass standard of performance at that load, with that tool, with these personnel and, and this crew. So, guys, that's a... Uh, that's really what I had to say. I wanted to say one more thing. I've had a couple people this week, you know, reach out to me and talk to me a little bit about first form and ask me about supplements. I know a lot of you guys are are getting complete buy-in when it comes to the standard of of physical conditioning of being a firefighter. I think that that is phenomenal. Um, kudos to you. Shout out. I don't know the guys, but shout out to Fit to Fight Fire. They are really setting a great example and standard. Uh, across this this whole nation of, of, of fire service of 
really putting the information out there and the importance of firefighters being fit in order to do the job and the true responsibility that it is. I don't know those guys personally. I hope to one day, but I think that what they're doing is great in, in really leading the charge from what I can see on firefighter fitness. And that's something so many of you have reached out recently with my you know uh, recent show sponsor coming from First Form. Uh, a lot of you have reached out and asked me about certain products, asked me about my workout routine, asking about you know different uh, nutrition ideas that you have or programs that you want to do. And guys, that's great. I'm I will absolutely do. I will warn you. I'm not the end all be all. I'm not the super bodybuilder or whatever. But I do have um, a little bit of knowledge. I would say when it comes to uh, physical fitness and nutrition and all that kind of stuff. It's something that I've been in and out of for over 10 years now uh, of the fitness space and nutrition space. I've, I've helped coach quite a few folks into getting their physical goals. And for me, it's always been a passion of the guys that I worked with at the stations. I've wrote a lot of workout programs with guys that, that I worked out with at the station. I laugh and, you know, I've told guys at one point I had three or four different gym memberships uh, of different gym chains because I would go and work out with guys. I love that shit. I love helping guys uh, get conditioned. Now, am I the, the end-all, be-all, six-pack, ripped-up, uh, bikini model-looking dude on an Abercrombie fucking poster for a firefighter? No, I'm not. However, um, I understand the need to be able to perform and the, the brute strength, endurance, and you know just the overall condition it takes to be a high-performing firefighter. I'm not the bodybuilder. Um, super guru that's going to look great on South Beach, Miami. That's not me, no, but I can help with all the other. So for those of you that have been reaching out, asking me, you know, ideas and stuff, you know, keep that up. I will continue to coach y'all. Thank you very much for the support. Um, I'm going to tell y'all a little bit about what I was telling one of the guys today with um, his nutritional program that he's doing he was asking about what he needs to be eating eating and stuff. Well, one thing I think a lot of guys that especially are wanting to lose weight, guys are really reliant on calorie counting and your caloric intake. And while, yes, that is important to an extent because you don't need to overeat and overindulge yourself on a bunch of bullshit. However, one thing that's highly important with a job that we have that really demands a high amount of muscle growth and muscle retention is your protein intake. Protein intake is very important for guys like us. You you honestly don't need to be at this insane um, calorie deficit diet that a lot of uh, fitness gurus will say that you need to do in order to drop a lot of weight because you still have to perform. And if you're completely caloric deficient, you're not going to have that endurance. And, and truthfully, one thing that is highly important to us for our muscle retention is your protein intake. Uh you can follow whatever kind of program you want to. I personally, I think that counting macros is one of the best programs to kind of stick by. I don't get hung up on calories. I try to shoot for my goal protein intake a day. That's when I feel the best. That's when I perform the best. I'm not drowsy. I don't uh, see muscle loss because a lot of times what you don't understand is whenever you start losing weight, you lose it all. That's just a fact of life. When you're dropping weight, you're losing fat and muscle. But one thing that really helps with still maintaining the strength of the muscle and and the build, rebuilding of the muscle after hardcore workouts is that protein intake. Um, me personally, I shoot for doing, for every pound that I weigh, I eat a gram of protein. That's just kind of how macros work. So I weigh 300 pounds, so I eat 300 grams of protein a day. One aspect of that, like the guy I was talking to today, one of our listeners, is he was asking about like a, a ribeye steak. Well, yeah, a ribeye steak, you eat a ribeye steak, I think I calculated it like eight ounces of a steak, an eight-ounce ribeye. Well, that's like 56 grams of protein. Well, if I'm trying to get 300, that's several pretty large steaks a day that I got to eat and chicken breast or, or you know all those different things. So bottom line is, is what it comes down to is I have to supplement. I supplement with my protein shakes. And, of course, naturally, I use the first form protein shakes. I use their post-workout recovery stack, which is the Formula One protein. And that gives me um, each scoop is 20 grams of protein. So I do two scoops on my post-workout. That's 40 grams right there. I drink another um, protein shake before I go to bed. That's another 40. So I'm getting 80 in 
uh, supplementation that adds towards that 300. So it's an easier goal for me to hit that 300 rather than for me to try to eat 12 fucking chicken breasts a day or you know six steaks a day, whatever. That's that's a hard goal for me, especially being on the road, especially me, um, you know, running the kids or running to work and doing this and doing that. It's it's honestly it's very hard for me to do the meal prep thing, guys. I will be totally honest with y'all. The meal prepping thing has always been a struggle for me because I'm always on the go. I don't really like eating cold microwave meat. Uh, so I usually try to grill at the stations. I try to grill when I'm at home uh, and I eat you know, pretty decent that way. Uh, to the best of my abilities, but I do a lot of supplementation to ensure that I get my protein intake, and I use Formula One and Level One, which is the two uh, first-form proteins. So that's just something I want to tell y'all because I know that that's a, a major issue with firefighters is um, and when you start trying to do a new quote-unquote diet, you're not eating enough because you're trying to count calories or you're you're just not getting enough intake and it's going to cause you um, to lose your muscle. It's going to cause you to not have that ability for that muscle retention and to have your endurance when it comes to actually performing at your job. Um, firefighting is hard. Everything about firefighting is heavy. You need the muscle strength. You need the muscle endurance. And that all comes from the proper nutrition. So, Guys, thank y'all. Um, you know, thank you for bearing with me on being a little absent this week and just understanding that flu shit sucks. So y'all better wash your fucking hands. I'm just here to tell y'all. I wash my hands like crazy already, and I still caught the shit. It's highly, highly, highly contagious. Uh, it's running through our schools pretty bad here at home with all the kids and teachers and all that shit just getting it. So it's pretty rough, and it was not a fun one, especially for me not being sick since like 2019. It was it was pretty fucking rough. So. Anyway, guys, well, I'm going to jump off here. I got to be at work in the morning. Y'all continue to sh you know, show major support to our show sponsors. These guys are doing us a solid. They're really taking care of us and helping us grow this business. Um, I can't wait for some of the things coming up. I just really can't. I'm very excited. Uh, RJ has his first um, fight back in Houston on November 18th. Guys, we're getting down to the wire. He still has some tickets available. Uh, I know that he made a pretty big sale today with a bunch of the guys that I work with today or have worked with. Um, he was telling me that that they all were able to make sure that they got off work and, and they were all able to go ahead and get their tickets. So that's fucking badass. It's going to be a pretty cool reunion going up there with a lot of the guys that he and I have worked with over the last five or six years. So I'm pretty excited about that. If y'all are in the Houston, Texas area, November 18th on the north side up at the Red Owl Arena, it's going to be a great show. There's three title fights that night. We got some special stuff planned as far as for, for firefighters and all that kind of shit. So y'all come out. Bring your bring your husband, bring your wife, whatever you're, you're looking for a good time. You're around that area. You know, there's going to be plenty of fun shit to do. So y'all come check it out. We'll be there. Just look for me. I'll be down there ringside in a cowboy hat and, you know, all that good stuff representing the Third Alarm Cowboys. Um, you know, one thing that I really I thought about hard this week was uh, who the Third Alarm Cowboys are. I've, I've just – that's been on my mind a lot lately on who we are. I know I've, I've explained to y'all what the mission is of this podcast, what the mission of the Third Alarm Cowboys are repeatedly, and I still wholeheartedly believe in that. But one thing that's really kind of resonating with me about this brand and with all of you that have reached out to me, all of you that have, have been loyal you know, customers of buying the hats and the shirts and, and all the cool stuff and supporting RJ and sharing the posts and all that, is every single one of y'all that's out there is just normal guys and girls like that just love being firefighters, but you all have normal shit going on. You know, uh, I really kind of feel like this uh, third alarm Cowboys has is kind of the a representation of just normal, hardworking uh, American firefighters. I really feel like that's that's basically all of us. We we love the job, we love being firefighters, but we all have shit that we got going on on our days off. Some of the guys, I mean, that follow this, they post. They've got you know heavy equipment companies. They're running. Um, they're they're doing blue collar jobs off duty from the fire station. You know, guys that are our dads. They're they're coaching their kids sports. 
they're doing the best they can you know be a good husband we got some girls on here that are doing the best that they can you know to be good moms and then trying to balance uh going and working a 24-hour shift or a 48-hour shift and just all these different things guys everyone on here is just we're just real life real fucking american firefighters and that is something that i'm so proud of we don't have you know a lot we don't have a lot of just this crazy firefighter shit that's going on I, and i'm not going to elaborate on that but i just uh i think it's so fucking cool that everybody has come together and, and become part of this uh that is like-minded with me as far as just we just want to work hard we just want to do our job we want to get paid good and we want to go home we want to do the best for our families we want to do the best on our side businesses and all that kind of stuff and the fact that that every single one of you is representing that and then also wanting to represent um this brand of the third alarm cowboys that's that was it's it's just kind of really hit me this week um, just kind of scrolling through. I couldn't really talk good, so I was just kind of looking and scrolling and and seeing those of y'all that are out there that are kind of like uh, you know repeat offenders on the page, I guess if you will. Um, I'm proud. I'm very proud that that's what we're representing is good, hardworking American firefighters. That's cool as shit to me. So guys, I'm gonna leave y'all with that. Y'all have a badass week. Uh, I'm about to go knock out a 48, and I will. Holler at y'all next week, man. We'll see y'all in the next one. Put you right back in your place Just like a